1: The human race is about to be wiped out.
3: We have fifty thousand people left, and that's it. So say we all.
1: So say we all. So say
3: Battlestar Galactica is over, but we have to go fracking down the hatch to talk about Season 2, Episode 15 of Battlestar Galactica. Scar! Be prepared! It's down the hatch. I'm Josh Wiggler. I'm joined here by the great Mike Bloom, who was
4: this
3: close to fulfilling his fracking dreams.
4: I mean... I'm not gonna deny it. Like this is a bit it of a shrug. so close. We don't know what happened below the belt. <laughs> <Josh>. <laughs> it does does not count. Uh, what? Starbuck
3: plays the immunity chastity no! bill just yeah. in time to uh, to frack block Mike Bloom. I mean, it we don't know it.
4: Like the could have come out. Yeah, like there could have been something. happening there.
3: I'm so sorry to inform you, Mike. That it is not. Uh, it is It is not to be. It is not to oh, be. Oh, my
4: God. We were so close.
3: It was uh, so close, but ultimately, ships passing through the night for Lee and Starbuck. And this is not the major headline from season two, episode 15. But it might have led Star. to major head if the scene
4: went in a different direction.
3: <laughs> yeah. You know, how many uh, minutes of deleted scenes are in
4: this one, Mike? Uh, seven, as in seven minutes in heaven. Seven minutes in heaven. So you never
3: know. But so much else. Happens in this episode that I got a text from Mike Bloom earlier today while we were watching. you are like, what is this episode? Yeah, what the <laughs> hell is this? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, like personal vendetta against a ship. You know, we do some of these episodes every once in a while on Battlestar, don't we, folks? Where Starbuck has some sort of strange connection to one of these raiders that are actually like filled with goo and blood and organs, and also apparently Mike grudges
4: vendettas, vendettas. Uh, because it turns out that yes we did kill the resurrection ship but there also might be some raiders that perhaps skirted around that because they're like not human enough to become a part of that whole resurrection scheme as we sort of get starbucks moby dick in a manner of speaking after she will deny lee's moby dick uh where <laughs> she really seems to have Honestly, Josh, this episode is a lot of, oh, I didn't realize that was the case with Starbuck's character, whether it's the grudge that she's held with this scarred, titularly scarred uh, Cylon Raider, or... The fact that apparently this entire time she's been thinking about frickin Anders back on Caprica.
3: Yeah, she's had a lot of thoughts about Anders, the pyramid player who we met earlier in the season that we haven't checked in on in a long minute. I think the last we really heard of him at all was Starbuck basically saying, like, I want to bring people back to Caprica. And wasn't it uh, Admiral Kane who's like, yeah. You know, we can get that going. And then she got shot in the face and nothing has happened. And so this is our first real uh Starbucks centric episode in a while. And so we're in her um her perspective in a way that we haven't been in a minute. So she is still thinking about Caprica. That is still very much on her mind, even if it wasn't on the show's mind. What is on my mind, Mike, is the fact that. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to <laughs> Down the Hatch. It's Down the Hatch. It's your podcast where we're talking about Battlestar Galactica we'll every single week. I have seen it before. Mike is watching it for the first time. This is a spoiler-free podcast, uh, currently still hosted on post-show recaps, but about to go independent once PSR goes dark at the end of March. You do not have to change a thing if you are already subscribed. Just stay subscribed. You will get down the hatch as we continue. Forward through the show. New email address is officially operational Ooh. Saul Drillman at gmail.com. That's Saul, S A U L, drillman at gmail.com. Send us your emails. We want to hear from you through the uh, pneumatic tubes. Through the pneumatic tubes. And if you want to find us, just search Battlestar Galactica down the hatch wherever you get your podcasts. Mike Bloom, Scar. Was there not enough Jeremy Irons in this episode of BSG?
4: I detected no Jeremy Irons, which I guess by mathematical definition means, yes, there's not enough Jeremy Irons.
3: Not enough. Not even close to enough. Scar is the name of this episode. Yeah, it's another one where, like, you know, like in Lost. Remember that show? We talked about it once. We talked about it a couple of times along the way. Or even think about, remember Heroes? You know, we talked about that show. that I remember. As well. Uh, That was a paper towel. You know, like, you get sort of, like, into this second half of your season. And your seasons have, like, 20-some-odd episodes.
4: Uh, and you're,
3: you're kind like, of just, like, swimming around a bit. Like, this is where, like, your hearts and minds happens. Yeah. It's, like, special. Uh, at at
4: its worst, it's what, whatever the case may be. Um, no, that was last week. was definitively the, whatever <laughs> the case may be of Battlestar Galactica. Like, that's
3: where we are right now, I think, a little bit. Uh, Are you sensing that? Are you feeling that vibe of, like, we're on the other side of the Pegasus arc, and there's a little bit of, like, all right, well, let's catch our breath with these episodes that, do they feel like they're, like, massively important to the mythology? Not really. Uh, Do they feel like they are important to the characters? Maybe.
4: Well, that's the thing, is, like... I would say yes, but then we followed up the Resurrection arc with Epiphanies, which was yes. a game changer in so many ways for the world. So it almost feels like Epiphanies was actually the end of, like, the most important stuff to deal with on BSG, as these past two episodes, it really has been about highlighting our characters by bringing in elements from their past that we didn't realize they were, as you know of last week, actively a participant in, or in this case, like, really hung up on, as Starbuck would say. And I don't find it a coincidence, Josh, that, like, both of these episodes really like to start in media res with this big climactic sequence and then say, "Er, yep, that's me. You're probably wondering how I got into this mess. Let's rewind 91 hours back.
3: Yeah, so we have, like, a flashback structure to this one as well. Okay, so if Epiphanies, then, is the All the Best Daddies episode of Battlestar Galactica Season 2. Then we are now, last week would have been the, whatever the case may be, Mm -hmm. this would be our Hearts and Minds. Uh, In the same way, actually, they map decently well. Hearts and Minds is where Shannon and Boone actually fracked.
4: I know, Uh, exactly. And
3: here, like, these, like, sometimes, like, do they like each other? is there something almost like, you know, in another timeline, Mike, they were like uh, siblings-in-law. What's going on with these two? So I think like Hearts and Minds actually kind of maps neatly onto this episode too.
4: Yeah, uh, interestingly enough. Yeah, and I will say that it's interesting because in Hearts and Minds and definitely more so in Abandoned, but I feel like we were, you know, getting some perspective on Shannon in particular, who had been such a two-dimensional character. Whereas here, I would say that not that, Not that Starbucks like distilled down in this episode, but I just feel like the depiction of her is so flawed. I actually would compare this a lot to her first flashback episode back in season one, uh, the name of which is escaping me at this moment because I did not like the episode. So perhaps I blocked it Mm. from my memory. But first off, the odd structure within it. This is not nearly as bad as the Russian nesting dolls of flashbacks, but I did not like this structure at all. Sure. Consistently going back to, especially because we will then end up still going through the scenes anyway, once we actually get to it in real time, but getting to showcase a bit of like what Starbuck is hung up on and how that is really getting taken across badly in the job that she is supposed to be doing and how she's yeah. getting caught up in way too much and using this one Cylon Raider to represent something more than just a toaster.
3: Yeah, I think, you know, we we get to see, like, what is Starbucks going through right now? There is, like, some measure, like, she's got some heavy drinking that's going on in this episode. She's got this kind of unhealthy competition with Cat going on in this episode. She's sort of in this place of, like, just trying to feel something as she and Lee are, like, going to get very close to making the bond, as they say, in a different science fiction universe. And she's thinking about Sam? all the while and i do think like it could come out as like kind of jarring that like she's like out there like uh still like sort of like pining for this guy that she knew for five seconds that's like, the
4: problem Josh. yeah I that get is that. that is the flimsy table leg that this entire thing do
3: you think that they kept on. in touch mike you think that she like calls him long distance operator i would like to uh talk to the guy on caprica she's like
4: How are you, like, Caprica doesn't have phone lines Who's going to do that? Is that baby boomer that she's a on and can sort of just be, like, the in-house computer for everything? This episode and Starbucks character arc hinges on us caring a lick about Anders. And we do not. Because just as a reminder, this character was introduced in an episode. I think she was introduced, actually, in Resistance, which makes sense because he was one of, like, the leaders of the Freedom Fighters on Caprica. Then... The farm, it finds out, oh, it turns out that Starbuck and Anders are knocking boots uh, and they are quite intimate with each other. We still have no sense as to how much time had passed between those episodes, if at all. So there's a world, Josh, where this entire emotional crux of this character that we love so much centers on her pining after a guy that she was with for a day. Yeah,
3: yeah. So it's, a, it's like a, a little bit of a hard sell here, I think, uh, in this episode. But I think some of the things that I enjoy about this one win the day for me. I think that some of the action is really good in here. Mike, believe it or not, I think a pretty good episode for your boy, Carl Agathon. yeah, uh, so, I think, yeah, can, I think can like I, Hilo has like a really good one here.
4: Can I come up with a revelation here? Yeah. Because Josh, people change. I have changed as well. I think Hilo was left behind on Caprica. Mm -hmm. All the things I disliked (laughs) about this man, that he was so blasé that his plots kept going nowhere and were so dragged out and had to be a consistent part of every season one episode for whatever reason. That man died on Caprica. Mm. This guy is Carl Agathon. Carl Agathon is one hell of a mother fracker. I love this guy. You
3: he's, love Carl
4: Agathon. He's a lover. He's a fighter. He's a good friend. You know what? If something happens to Laura Roslin, Carl Agathon for vice president. Carl Agathon.
3: Wow. Carl Agathon has uh, has really risen in the Mike Bloom ranks uh, over the past several Frankly, since we've done this podcast, you really didn't like the guy once upon a time. And now here you are recognizing Carl Agathon and his distinctions uh, here on Battlestar Galactica.
4: Well, perhaps it's because I do have a new helo and it is Anders now. Yeah. Okay. i just now I just hate any man that's on Caprica. it fair.
3: Fair enough. All right. Well, we don't go back to Caprica in this episode. We think about going back to Caprica in this episode. This is scar season two, episode 15 directed by Michael Nankin. It is written by David Weddle and Bradley Thompson, uh, who are the guests on Battlestar Galactica cast for this episode of the podcast. They've been writing partners now for nearly 30 years, which is amazing. Um, this episode originally airs February 3rd, 2006, and when we begin, the Majahual, is that how I pronounce this ship, Mike? Uh, it's We're on an asteroid, we're at a mining site, Starbuck and Kat, they're patrolling the site, and they are on the lookout for SCAR. I'm just hoping that you have a be prepared. Prepared.
4: Uh, I know that I am a robot. (laughs) So then would like the Cylons be the hyenas in this case?
3: Yeah, I think so. I don't think that this totally fits.
4: It's interesting because i had always thought the Raiders were sort of like the Goombas of the Cylons. They were more so the rank and file. But it does seem like some are able to kind of ascend and that there is a hierarchy, a pecking order, if you will, within the Raiders proper.
3: Hmm. Uh, well, it seems like Scar is king of the Raiders, at least. Uh, and we're going to find out more about Scar as the episode goes on. Scar, we will learn uh, without knowing who Scar is yet, uh, was, the, was the Raider responsible for killing a few pilots recently? Mm-hmm. R.I.P. BB? <laughs> R.I.P. JoJo?
4: I am so hot, happy, Josh, that like, we can use this episode of anything as an excuse to, like, really dig into some call signs. I feel like it's been a while since we've done that.
3: Yeah, R.I.P. B.B. Uh,
4: B.B. was just trying to get these pilots to work, these young yeah.
3: whippersnappers.
4: Well, B.B. shouldn't have washed his flight uniform in the drinking water on the Big G. I
3: suppose. He just wanted everyone to get to work. Uh, and then he was like, you know what?
4: Take me out.
3: I don't want to be here anymore. Uh, Yeah, that's
4: what they say. It's like Starbucks says, don't run away. He's like, fine, I quit. Yeah, Take take me out, Scar.
3: BB quit. Uh, And then there's JoJo. You know, it's just a little too late uh, for some JoJo recognition here on the podcast.
4: Well, it's interesting because I do believe they're calling to JoJo over the intercom. Get out!
3: leave so we lost them in this same place that they're patrolling then there's also it seems like we've lost riley not of operation mattingly's fame Uh, oh thank goodness a different riley
4: and but 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 his his last name is riley but he will be more intimately known by his call sign immediately once we flash back
3: yeah uh so riley uh who they can't remember the name of riley's girlfriend.
4: I mean, that I, I feel terrible for that woman for many reasons. I feel like,
3: like we spend a lot of time in this episode on like, gosh, I just can't remember the name of Riley's girlfriend.
4: Yeah. I mean, maybe it's this thing like, is the art of flying a viper so rote to some of these pilots? Like, you know how driving is second nature to a lot of us. And so our minds wander and we're like, God, what was the name of the bass player in Wings? And like mm. your mind is sort of concentrating on those minute details instead of the task at hand. Maybe that was the thing with cat in the moment, though. We'll talk about this. Uh cat's as much as I disliked the Starbuck Ander stuff of this episode, cat having this incredibly contrived arc as well. Uh, definitely is the winner of what are they doing here?
3: Bringing the cat. Uh, all right. So we flash back to 94 hours earlier. Very specific number. <laughs> this uh, is
4: so strange.
3: Yeah. Right, can uh, we actually
4: have I'll put in a request for the team behind the curtain? I would love sure. to know. How many episodes of BSG so far start with a media res? Yeah, quote, I like I like that question. Cause I, I know like we definitely is. have because also let's compare it back to another Starbuck flashback episode. And I remember the name of it now, Active Contrition, mm-hmm. does start as well with her spiraling out similarly, keeps cutting to Starbuck in this nosedive. Look, I don't besmirch them too much because this does feel against like something out of the 2000s of like oh, we got to hook them in in the beginning. They might tune out at the commercial break. That's just not the way people watch TV anymore. But not really having it back to back in two episodes. You really see it.
3: Um, Okay, so they're thinking about Riley. Uh, Hot dog is there. Duck is there. And now they're talking about Riley. Uh, And they're trying to remember Riley's (laughs) girlfriend.
4: You keep saying Riley, though, Josh, we have to refer to him by the late man's call sign. Let's hear it. Bino. <laughs> Bino. Beano. Bino, B e a n o, Bino. Uh huh. I mean, I. Still it was his call th-
3: sign, Nemo.
4: I still think, from a logistics <laughs> perspective, Crashdown is the worst one. Uh-huh, okay. but, uh huh. Okay. But hot dog, congratulations on losing out on the silver medal here, because Bino slides right in here posthumously. As, like, the second worst call sign anyone can have received on the show so Why far. Why, Bino,
3: do you think? what, How did he get it? I mean, Bino.
4: it's incredibly clear. This man hot boxes his cockpit. Okay. Like, this okay. man <laughs> shovels down the pork and beans in the commissary. Okay. I was thinking of a different kind
3: pocket. of hot box. This sucks. This is no, bad. Yeah. And yeah. then he gets
4: in there and then it opens up and Chief's like, oh my God, what died in there? Yeah. And he's like, well, sorry. Enjoy it, Chief. I filled it with my farts. I just can't get enough of these
3: BSG Beanos.
4: Yeah. And so this guy's been eating everybody out of house and home. They talk about like uh, the, the supplies they're running low on. They're suspiciously running low on beans because all he did, <laughs> the two things they know about him is he has a girlfriend, but his true love, Josh, are beans.
3: Yeah. So they're like, what's Beano's girlfriend's name again? I can't remember because ha- I, <laughs> I can't stop thinking about his name being Beano. Yeah. Hines would be a good call sign.
4: Well, I think also people probably remember I heard the reason why Bino died and was attacked by scars because he insists no matter where he is, that one hand has to be consistently carrying an open can of beans Uh and he's just shoveling into his gullet. 24 hours a day
3: yeah do we think that this is evidence that the raiders in addition to having something of like sentience uh also have sense of smell and maybe this is why he hunted down Bino. he's like i can't have you stinking up space and yeah exactly
4: well we were easy to sniff you, you want out. to know
3: how he got this scar i don't <laughs> think you do
4: you're the smelliest pilot in this whole fleet you're easier yeah. to find than anybody else this is Red goddamn tickillus yes, you yes, is yes. Bino and
3: Bino was his name. Oh okay, so BB and Jojo, who we just heard are dead, are currently alive as they come to the pilot's quarters, like, yeah, we're so excited. We're from the Pegasus, we trained. Who's Bino? And they're like, you're sleeping in his bunk. Don't worry. You'll smell him <laughs> soon enough.
4: Don't worry. Beano's smell lingers like Anders does in Starbucks vines.
3: Unbelievable. Um, okay. 88 hours earlier. Do Doing this countdown here? this whole episode. Uh, yeah, it's not working, I don't think, the countdown. No. no and like
4: especially it. because, again, we just keep cutting to, like, three seconds of a series of scenes that we'll see later on anyway of, like, oh, now, Starbucks is going to turn around and start firing at Scar. And then we cut back to 88 hours ago.
3: So we find out a bit about Scar. And Scar is this raider. And Scar, uh, Scar has a strategy, Mike. Scar is like, uh, like the Tony Vlacos of Battlestar Galactica raiders. He's got a spy asteroid. <laughs> this is where I hide. Yeah, He hides. Uh, do, do you want, want to be ju- speak Cylon to you? <laughs> yeah, that's just him murdering the human race. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so he hides behind an asteroid. Uh, he bides his time until the odds are on his side, and then he jumps out, and he blows the pilot to pieces and flees. Uh, that's it. That's his move. Jojo says Scar's a coward, and Starbuck says, in war you never fight fair. Uh, she's like, but don't worry. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. And then Kat's like, I don't know. I kind of think I'm going to kill him. And we get into this, like, there's a bet. We're making bets now.
4: <laughs> so I got to talk about the details <laughs> in this scene. There's so much stuff Great, here. Great, do it. So first, we got to talk about the Stein, right? Like, seemingly the victory Stein, which yeah. we have never seen before. on when Star- Bino Life.
3: Stein's money.
4: Apparently, it is this giant Germanic Stein with the cap and everything. I didn't detect like, what was on it. I saw a Skull and Crossbones, and like I think it's that Cylon killer on it maybe so it's basically like whoever's the big dog of the pack whoever is the one that's responsible for taking out the biggest Cylon as of late I suppose gets to drink out of it but we get into again what is supposed to be the main conflict of this episode which is Starbuck v. Cat and yeah if you're wondering hey what happened to Cat remember as was talked about in the previously odd. Kat had a full-on meltdown back in Final Cut,
3: induced by stims, if I am not mistaken.
4: Yes, as uh, Starbuck will remind her of later on by calling her a stim junkie. Where basically they were short-staffed amongst the Viper pilots, so Kat was trying to keep alert at all times, and as a result, she comes in hot. She perhaps used a term that Starbuck will nonsensically use later on. Spooch the landing, and oh, wow. so did, did you detect that when she's talking? To no baby spooched boomer, the language, the landing. Yeah, she she looks at baby boomer and says, There are some times when I look at you and forget who you are, all I see is that kid that spooched her landings. I didn't
3: catch after the landing. She
4: spooched,
3: she spooched. Is, is, is that good or bad to spooch the landing?
4: Like, this is an episode that <clears throat> introduces sincerely and has us mourn. A man nicknamed Bino, and yeah. then has Starbucks say through tears, all I see in you is that kid that's spooshed Spooch her spooched the
3: landing. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I I the Starbucks jargon is one of my favorite things of BSG between like the big G, which we brought over, and now I think spoosh the landing does have Spooch to be. Spoosh landing is
3: really good. Yeah. Spooch, I like that.
4: Spoosh the Landing. <laughs>
3: I guess I didn't catch that, but I'm and I'm <laughs> disappointed in myself for not catching it because it's good. How, how did you map that onto a podcast? Like, if we just like did a bad job on a podcast, man, we really spooched the podcast.
4: Oh well, I think we could also argue. Certainly, when talking about these episodes, like, oh man, black market, they really spooched the they landing. They
3: really spooched the landing on black market. Yeah,
4: it's like a combination of screw the pooch matched up into one word. Yeah. Yeah, so okay,
3: well, so frack is the F-word. Is spooch another like Battlestar Galactica universe specific word? And what is it standing for? Screw?
4: Well, I thought you had said that, like that we'll mean find out eventually.
3: On the flight deck is Chief Galen Tyrell being like, Could you get me some spook more spooches for the gear? I'm <laughs> yeah. A lot of spooches to spooch into the into the cockpit.
4: Hey, do you try to spooch that Cylon? I heard. Yeah. I, I know you had said earlier that there w- we will eventually find out the term that the bsg universe uses for shit it can't be here uh no maybe it, like shitted or landing like it could maybe scan. i guess this is another version of the f word but like i am fascinated by this term mm-hmm. that, and it might have been mm-hmm. that katie sackoff just messed up the script and the director's like eh, i think we could use that sounds like a fun yeah. sci-fi term
3: yeah I mean, she just got to where she needed to go quicker. She could have said screw the pooch, but she just said spooch.
4: And now it is immortalized. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, going back pre spooching right now, these two are going to go at each other like cats and dogs, where Cat's going to make a crack of like, oh, how can you take out Scar? You can't even walk. Which, like, was that a reference to her being. When she, drunk? like,
3: yeah, when she, like, hurt her. No, when she, like, hurt her leg. I bet that uh, she was
4: done with that. She went to Caprica. She came yeah, back. I like, guess was- like,
3: that's still an issue. It's like, that was so season one, Kat.
4: That was literally from the previous uh, Starbuck episode that we all had a problem with. Yeah. Maybe we're just mixing too many things up. Starbuck then responds by calling her a stim junkie. Cat calls her an alcoholic and then they make a bet of who's gonna take out scar first and Starbucks gonna preemptively celebrate by being like screw you my leg is fine I'm gonna go just <laughs> screw you yeah spooch yeah. you scooch I'm gonna you. Go run to the table and she herself spooches the landing by going mm-hmm. ass over tea kettle
3: yeah she does she like flies across the room uh she flies across the room she flips over a table and while the room is still sort of like chaotic she thinks about a boy <laughs>
4: It's so odd how they cut to her smiling and then it just flashes like, remember Anders. And then her mood just immediately turns morose. And that's what she'll kind of live in for the rest of the episode.
3: It's just sudden. I, I totally agree that I think like it's we haven't spent enough time like thinking about him specifically that like he's the draw for her right now above like anything else. It is a little it is a little weird and out of. I don't know about out of nowhere completely because she has been mentioning she's like there are people back there we should go back it has been a thing that she's been you know beating the drum on so is it like is it that weird or is it that we're just checking in on Starbucks like in in her interiority for the first time in a minute I'm not sure I think it might be the second thing but it's uh, it's still a little jarring
4: yeah I, I think so and it's tough because while well, I do give a plum to this show for like not dropping loose threads and and picking them up of, again. I'll keep going back to this, but epiphanies. Oh yeah, Guy's Baltar did have possession of a warhead. I also feel like this might be one of the rare episodes that doesn't feature Guy's Baltar whatsoever. They really gave uh James Callis the week off. You got a week off, yeah. Uh, surprisingly so. But you know, I'm I'm grateful when they sort of pick that up, and that it doesn't need to be featured necessarily in every episode, or you get a Hilo situation. But I feel like this is a little bit different. We're like if this is supposed to be one of the emotional focal points of a character's mood, again, like I said, with black market, even if we know the character ahead of time, it cannot come out of nowhere for us. It can't be scar coming around the debris field, suddenly firing on us. And it felt like that's what we got here. Yeah. It did kind of feel that way.
3: Um, Okay. 81 hours earlier. uh, Cat is going to be uh, like trying to like shore up her ranks. It's like, we've got like the cat squad, the Starbucks squad Uh, cats running the pilots through Bino's last Light.
4: yeah they have like the dash cam footage right the black yeah. box if you will
3: yeah uh he was wearing the body cam uh and scar just flew directly at beano's cockpit and so we see scar has a scar on his face that's very creative scar- these uh
4: yeah. namers i mean i guess maybe they cut off their creativity after beano they couldn't yeah up that they as were like, Just well, after
3: that they're like well, shit i don't scar. know
4: what i do find really interesting is again the use of cat in this episode on the one hand i see what they're doing where it's going to be even explicitly mentioned later like oh starbucks she's basically like you young upstart female pilot on the other hand hot dog sitting right there with you should note josh did you see his uh new pushback not slicked back hair he looks good huh i mean he looks different i will say that i don't know if he could pull that off hot dog I think he's looking good. I mean, I just feel like... you think he spooched
3: the landing on his haircut?
4: No, I think maybe he spooched... He was uh... going for
3: Cranston, and instead he got, like, actual hot dog. Yeah,
4: exactly. Uh, But I I do think that Kat, again, it seems a little sudden to just have a storyline for this character of, like, we had a moment around her eight episodes ago, but outside of that, we really knew next to nothing about her, and now she is going to be, like, the secondary character of this episode. I'm grateful for the opportunity to get to know these characters a bit more, especially if they're sticking around in the ensemble. But to your point, it did feel a little odd that all of a sudden Cat's like, all right, it's my responsibility to get everyone in shape to take down Scar.
3: Yeah. Uh, so she's trying to figure all this out. I think maybe it's just like a testament to like, Starbuck, you need to pull your shit together, because if you don't, we're stuck with Cat. <laughs>
4: Exactly. We're the devil you know, and yeah. they would rather have that than the devil you don't.
3: Um, so we find that the Pegasus is elsewhere, uh, protecting the fleet. Galactica is protecting the mining ship. Um, Dradus can't separate small asteroid debris from raiders, so their only reliable detection system is eyeballs, their own eyes.
4: does that sound pretty bad for a radar system, that you can't tell the difference between, like, moving metal ships and big hunks of rock well
3: i think like the thing is is that uh scar is like parked on the asteroids that's the whole thing he's just like he's just like hitching a ride uh like he's not really doing anything so like it is hard to figure out and i don't think like if he's active or online they're not gonna pick him up so i think like scar is pretty smart i do think you know if scar didn't get killed in this episode he'd be an mvp contender but you know how it goes
4: yeah, I mean, he is effective in just the tactics he seems to use again and again and again and finding the perfect place to hide that happens to be, as is going to explain later in her one scene. Like, the reason why they're there, the problem of the week this time, is that they are low on not only manpower, but also firepower, and the mining ships have found this very specific ore. Uh, that is has scimitar like tusks they're going Uh to drill into the ore to build essentially i think she says in a deleted scene two new squadrons of vipers they can build out of all this probably with chief tyrell just working around the clock like he did miraculously with that blackbird and so it's kind of like the vipers need to protect the future vipers in a manner of speaking and now they're just kind of stuck waiting for the progress bar to load while there's this enemy camping on them the whole time
3: okay so uh starbucks says we're gonna go out we're gonna patrol groups of four cats like it's two groups of two it's in the briefing and starbucks like right sorry didn't read didn't read it uh scar's looking for easy kills let's not give him any meanwhile uh roswin is gonna be talking to adama bad news bill the mining ship has broken another drill bit
4: Where's Bruce Willis where you need him? He is yeah. the master of intergalactic mining.
3: That's right. Uh, So the mining excursion is going to need to extend further uh, by eight days. And they're like, but this guy's scars out here. We don't want to be here. We don't want to have anything to do with this. Um, Ty wants to to know if we can replace the pilots uh, on the, the Pegasus for the combat ready vipers. So we don't have to like have so many tired people uh Roslyn says, uh, what wonders why the silence have stopped confronting them on mass and Adama says that Starbuck is working on all of this, and Starbuck is working on all of this by consulting with the big G's Cylon consultant, uh Shaprica herself, baby boomer,
4: yeah, so she is gonna sit down uh human to Cylon that was once thought to be human and now we're going to go sort of like exposition into exposition here as Baby Boomer is going to talk about Scar specifically. That raiders uh, possess the capability to regenerate many times, just like the side, the humanoid Cylons that we know. Of course, we know that the raiders are just like big ass Cylon heads with wings around them, but they too can regenerate and they can also remember. Uh, Baby Boomer is going to compare the raiders to animals, though, initially, basically saying like, hey, now that the resurrection ship is taken out, most of the Cylons fear death, and so they're not going to mount mass attacks. And there's a really interesting line here. Death then becomes a learning experience. Yes. And I really like this in comparison to the way Starbuck is kind of in her feelings, right? Not only with what she's going to talk about later with Lee, about the various pilots that they've lost over the course of this series and like, either forgetting about it or learning from it and moving on. I mean, we literally just saw that a scene ago with reviewing the footage of someone who did die and try to use it as a lesson of like, how do we do better next time? But then also her kind of reckoning with, again, this sort of Schrodinger's Anders in a manner of speaking of like, here's a guy that might as well be dead because we left him behind on this planet full of Cylons, but I still have hope in my heart that he's alive. And so the whole idea for Starbuck of death, being used as some sort of for lack of a better term weapon gets uh, incorporated nicely into baby boomer describing scar and kind of having these two apparently mortal enemies perhaps be more alike than you may think
3: so yeah i i think that this is a really interesting exchange and uh like if you could just reincarnate your pilot so that death was just a learning experience wouldn't you do it that way too lived Um, i repeat you know, it feels like, gosh, like it feels like very in conversation with like a lot of like what we're talking about now with AI and all of this stuff. And like, uh, like you know, uh, can you just like give this job over to artificial intelligence? And I just, I think like the ways again in which BSG just has um, its fingers on the pulse of a feeling, right? Uh, that just never, it never doesn't feel like BSG could be talking about right now uh i think there there is this quality about the show that is just so um i was gonna say exciting in that way but enriching i think like i always feel like this is a show that makes me think a lot uh about what's going on in our world um starbuck is also thinking a lot uh starbuck is thinking about how uh i remember when uh before you were a cylon and you just spooched the landing on your first day on the job Uh, And and for some reason,
4: the word spooch doesn't elicit laughs out of the both of them, but tears. Both of them are... That's
3: why I'm saying it just must be like an in-universe word. Like, uh, spooching is just a thing. It's very common.
4: Yeah, because both of them are very emotional looking at each other because we sort of dealt with this with baby boomer especially towards the first half of the season this idea where she's kind of jumbled up as well that she has these memories of sharon valeri even though she herself has not specifically experienced them and so i do think that's that that aspect kind of like reaching out of her soul for that second that clearly Starbucks misses the boomer that she knows and loves. And I feel like baby boomer, a part of her misses Sharon as well.
3: Yeah, I think so too. I really, I really love the, the way that this ends uh, where she says like, listen, be careful with scar um, because dying is a traumatic experience. And so she's like saying to him, like she's like saying to Starbuck like this. Okay. So the Cylons at least have been able to regenerate, right? Like mm-hmm. they have been able to bring themselves back online. And that seems like, okay, what's the downside in that? She just sketched out why that's a really exciting thing. Uh, why that is like a very valuable thing for the Cylons that they could just like bring themselves back to life and they could just live, die, repeat all of this stuff. Uh now she sketches out like, yeah, but the flip side of that is like we die and experience that, and we come back with the experience of what it was like to be dead. And if you don't think that's heavy, then you just haven't thought about it enough. And I think that Starbuck is being confronted with, um, Starbuck is always a great character for getting confronted with these kinds of ideas. Like Leo Ben, yeah. when he talks to her, but seeing this from, from Sharon, I think, um, I, I really like the direction that they've taken Sharon. And you and I were talking offline before, of like Sharon is like, the, the MVP of the season in a lot of yeah. ways. Listen, I,
4: I don't want us to put any thumbs on the scale, but if we have five episodes left, if it turns out that Baby Boomer is the MVP in the points of season two, that feels right to me. Just like back in Lost, we had, you know, our sort of season winners, where it was Said in season one, Echo in season two, Juliet in season three, et cetera. Like, it felt like their seasons. I could very much see this as the season of Baby Boomer. And yeah, it's interesting to sort of have Starbucks serve as kind of this bounce board for a lot of these heady Cylon philosophical discussions. I mean, knowing that she is someone who is a bit religious, I do think it makes her a bit more absorbent than someone maybe like Laura Roslin, who is just more so like staunchly in her beliefs in that way. uh, That despite being so stubborn and obstinate at certain points, she's actually quite flexible in listening, especially to the enemy
3: yeah and like has no real reason necessarily to have to be this way considering she's been held captive and they tried to they tried to take her baby mike <laughs> you mean her butt yeah they tried to take her butt <laughs> that's right they tried to take the butt uh, Butt. <laughs> but
0: we took it all we brought them to our land <laughs> an endless night ember hot and icy cold
2: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. BTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
3: Okay. Uh, let's check in on JoJo. Uh,
4: <laughs> so what is going on? Okay. What the hell are atmosphere? these people doing? What are they doing? <laughs> These people are morons. So basically, they're putting them through. I don't know if it's like called a gyroscope. It basically is like a larger one, right? And they do this, I think, for astronauts overall, where they put you in a chair, they spin you around to give Let's you the, sim- the the simulation of like motion sickness, vertigo, etc. In this case, they're saying, okay, you may be spinning out you may not know left from right, down from up. Can you still fire a gun properly to off a raider? And so they spin Jojo around. They give him a gun. They stand mere feet from him yes. in front of him, and they are somehow surprised when the dizziest man in the world holding a firearm just begins loosely firing into the crowd.
3: Yeah, he's just like puking. He's not really, but like it's surprising that he's not.
4: He'll puke and, later on after BB's death.
3: Cat uh, has come a long way, uh, by the way, because we see her do it. Uh, and she's like, i will just going to do this for old time's sake, and she just, like, shoots the Cylon target five times in the brain.
4: See, this is the wild thing, though, is that I feel like you could have honestly created a brand new character, maybe dog instead of cat, and I feel like the episode would have been just as fine. Like, again, we know a little bit about cat. We're not starting from zero, but we kind of are at the same time, and that, to your point, we are finding out so much about this woman that we didn't through, what, like, 30 something episodes of the show
3: yeah uh like for whatever reason like she is just like stepped in uh so she has stepped in she has stepped up mike uh since last we saw cat uh so she's just gonna she's gonna just dump tons of ammo into this thing we also like have limited resources don't just show off like this um all right let's get to carl Carl has 40, become 40, Forty-two
4: hours ago. Joe.
3: yeah. So forty-two hours ago, uh, Starbucks and Hilo want to get sedated uh, as they're talking about like, "Hey, remember, remember, remember when we were on Caprica?" And he was like, "Why are
4: you? You're like uh, barely." You're that like, was my character for the entire first half of the show. I
3: remember all of that. And so she's like, "Do you think about that guy? You know that guy?" She's like, "What's the point? He's dead." And Hilo says, "Well, then, why did you promise to return with the rescue party?" Mm-hmm. And she doesn't know what to say to that. It's so like Hilo, look at Hilo, moral compass, being like, "Hey, you made a promise. You want to think about that?" Yeah, Starbuck,
4: Kara, he- Hilo, Carl Agathon has kind of like Carl a- Agathon has kind of ascended to this new form of wisdom for someone that was really being led around by his dick on Caprica for the vast majority of season one. Like, this guy comes in with a lot of good advice between this and, of course, the final scene of, like, now you want to live because you, well, you don't want to die because you have something to you live got something for. You something to
3: live for. Yeah. I mean, I
4: think this sort of revelation... In, yes, Mike, was compl- this like
3: you when you were on the road to becoming a father? Did you just feel like all of a sudden you were a lot wiser? <sighs>
4: Feel and are are two different things. Uh Uh, But I do think that certainly gaining that experience kind of gives you a new perspective on things. And I honestly think it might be as simple as that, that I think Carl sort of getting brought into a whole new reality in so many ways. Not only that the woman he's been pining for is a Cylon, not only that he ended up kind of knocking up one of the versions of this woman and that he is now going to be the father of a half-human, half-Cylon baby. Yeah, It's a lot to reckon with, but he has kind of like, Emerge on the other side here with just this greater sense of self and what truly matters in life.
3: Yeah. So he's like been able to like instill some wisdom in Starbuck here. And it's like, she's like, okay, well maybe I should think about that a little bit more. Um, Starbuck goes to the potty. She's in the bathroom when BB shows up. Uh, BB's here and BB says, Hey, what happens if Scar jumps us? And Starbuck says, all right, well, here's what you do. You turn into him, you get closer, mm-hmm. you pull the trigger. If you run, you'll die.
4: Don't run or yeah. you'll die.
3: You have three options. Run, <laughs> hide, or die. <laughs> uh, and so Cat uh, listens in on that. And Kat's like, hey, uh,
4: I don't think that that's such a great idea. He's kind of new here.
3: Uh,
4: and Starbucks says- Yeah, don't, don't give this man ultimatums. He's just a nugget. He's barely yeah. been dipped in the sauce. She's like, yeah, like he hasn't been
3: dunked into the special Szechuan sauce or whatever. That doesn't exist anymore, right?
4: Uh, I think it went away. Maybe that's a term for like once you get Cylon blood on you, right? You got yeah. the sesh.
3: You got you the had sesh. your sesh sesh. Yeah, you got your sesh sesh. And so she says, OK, well, we don't we don't want this. Uh, so we hear about some patrols that are happening. BB is with Duck Uh not of Mad Men fame. Well, yeah, uh,
4: we've seen Duck before, right? Because I, I do. I think it was Flight of the Phoenix when we were introduced lovingly to him and Anthony Fogerski. <laughs> yes, Never forget. Course.
3: Never forget. Never did.
4: <laughs> Never did. Though I haven't seen him yet. Has he shown up at all?
3: Yeah, uh not in a minute. It's been a okay. minute since we've seen. I thought Fugerski.
4: maybe he was absorbed alongside the civilian who briefly pre- yeah. took over Tyrrell's role as the deck chief. Could we
3: have done Tony Figurski at gmail.com uh, as our new No,
4: uh... because there probably is a fair <laughs> chance there's a man named that.
3: Tony Figurski at Gmail. We're
4: gonna have guys, like his grandkids emailing him like Happy Birthday, Grandpa Love Mario Figurski.
3: Yeah, uh so uh BB and Duck are out there, they're low on fuel, they need to get back. Uh, but then they see Scar, and BB turns into Scar. And Duck says, disengage, BB. We have no fuel. And Lee is listening in, and Starbuck is listening in. And Lee is like, BB's an idiot. Uh, and- <laughs> I,
4: I loved him sort of talking to the screen, because we do this all over the intercom. We're just in the CIC yes. the whole time. Which Do you like just, how
3: this is portrayed that we're hearing this and not seeing it?
4: Yes. For a number of and reasons. Like they're
3: listening to the podcast.
4: Yeah, exactly. A, uh, or like when you listen to a sports game, right where you're like not seeing the action, but you're kind right. of following it along. A great way to cut corners in terms of budget, especially in an episode where we're going to get a lot of pew pew in space. Yeah. Also that's corollary to B, which is like, we don't need to spend that much time in space consistently fighting scar and C. It allows us to get the reaction of a lot of other people in the CIC, Uh, namely Lee, who is just kind of standing there yelling at the television, being like, what are you doing? No, pull out, pull out. And evidently he does not. R.I.P. BB.
3: Bye, BB. Bye, BB. B.B. 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 GG, BB. So uh, BB's dead. R.I.P. BB. That's it. Uh, And the pilots go back to Galactica to dock, and JoJo throws up. New guys in the back at their guts out. Well, uh, I don't
4: know. How long was it after he was in that gyroscope that he went to do it? Maybe it was still the lingering effects of that.
3: Yeah. Did you ever go on like a Gravitron or anything like that? No. Care, oh,
4: well, Mike. you know what? I think maybe I went into... Carl it...
3: Gravitron?
4: I think we talked about this at some point. Of I course haven't... we have. we talked about everything
3: that there is to talk about. Nothing no, new Yeah. You know
4: what? I think it was our Stranger Things podcast where they go yep. to the carnival in season three. I do believe yeah. I went... I think you have a story around a Gravitron. I yeah, went Do on you have any once. idea? Can
3: you remember it? Oh, Can you summon Lord. it? How close do you, how close to the was front it of your something mind something
4: about it? a girl and the gravitron? Yeah.
3: yeah, yes,
4: those are all the details. I know I don't know Riley's girlfriend. I had eaten uh Chinese food
3: earlier in the day, that's was, what
4: it was. Yes, and
3: I got off the gravitron and puked in front of my crush.
4: <laughs> oh, god, you think Jojo did the same thing?
3: Yes, yes, oh
4: god, hot dogs watching. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> i would oh. shift them we could call him joe dog <laughs>
3: joe dog I, joe dog i heard you like uh scar <laughs> joe dog i hear you spooch the landing <laughs> nailed it uh all right and so cat is pissed at Starbucks bb's dead because of you uh and uh Starbucks says that you know 99 percent of the time what he did is the right move and cat says well Welcome to the 1%.
4: She did the Uh, Doctor Strange with singular finger towards Starbucks. That's right.
3: Okay, so let's get into a Lee and Starbucks scene.
4: You want to take us through this one, Mike? Yeah, let's get into it because something else won't go into something else, evidently. So the two of them are drinking, kicking back, and Lee's going to say, you know what gets me? After two weeks, I won't remember his face. And I do like that the show kind of uses this episode to lampshade a bit, the sort of like, Yeah, we just kind of introduce these characters and kill them off in random episodes. And just uh, a nice reference to the fact that, yeah, this probably should linger on all of their minds. So we get a couple name rundowns complete with Starbucks spitting after each one. A bit of, like, playful back and forth. And Starbuck is really going to approach this from the nihilistic perspective. That the president says we're doing all this for the hope of some bright, shiny future for humanity just sucks we won't be around to see it because we're probably going to get blown away at some point. And Lee doesn't rebut with like, yeah, but we're a main character, so I'm pretty right. really sure we're making it to the end of we like, We're going to be fine. We'll be fine. But this is, I guess, sort of like arguably the rare connecting thread to black market, especially in the deleted scene, which we'll get into, which makes more explicit reference to like, imagine you with a kid, Lee. That Clearly Lee is also in his own feels based on like pontificating on the past and loss. And so he toasts to right now, and then it's this tense moment of silence as they drink. And then Starbuck looks at him and says, like, uh, you know, they, they talk about, you know, I'm not really into bright, shiny futures at the moment. I'm all about mm. the here and now. And Starbuck looks at him and says, so why don't we? Whew. Mm. Lips and, on lips. And Mike
3: Bloom, what's going through your head right now? I as you're watching this.
4: Kicking my feet in the air like a wayward donkey in pure joy. <laughs> I listen, you know, what, in a... <laughs> what? <laughs> a donkey is just what. So, is the, donkey on, <laughs> is the donkey overturned? Yes, you know, when you turn a donkey over, is he on his back or his side? Well, I think it's more so. I, it's me upside down, the donkey where the donkey's kicking. And just imagine if you turn him 180 degrees and put him on a couch. That's what I'm doing. And I'm, the
3: donkey's just like hooving
4: in the air. Like, yeah, what's I'm, up? I'm bucking, I'm braying. I'm like, oh, golly, I wish it was in a better episode. Is that what but, it sounds like when you bray, Mike?
3: Oh, golly. Oh, golly.
4: Because I thought, all right, it's going to happen josh allowed me so charitably to move you thought the they
3: bows. were going to be bucking and braying
4: absolutely i didn't think any landings would get spooched but turns out that they will well inevitably but well sure. because so the they they kiss and the kissing leads to something else this isn't just like uh when you know when uh when the comes back from caprica and lee kisses her you know like yeah there is some charged emotion here and again maybe this we can map this onto lee's feelings as well where clearly he's feeling a bit lonely when siobhan kind of renounced him at the end of last episode so we we, we take things to this these freaking tables take all the abuse in this episode yeah. uh so they start like getting hot and heavy but much like cat did back in the day josh starbucks coming in a little too hot
3: too hot and Way uh hot. for
4: the second time in bsg history She is going to be, in this case, I guess Lee is the guy's Baltar because she is getting with somebody but imagining another man, and Lee is going to clock that Starbuck is going very aggro and has to stop down and say, like, okay, wait, what is happening between us? And Starbuck rebukes him in the moment. There is no us. I just want a good lay. You're a man whore. There is nothing there. And Lee's like, what the hell is wrong with you? And Starbuck says, I'm hung up on a dead guy, okay? and it's pissing me off, and I don't know what I'm doing. Lee decides that Starbuck has the knife pretty much inside her. Why not dig it in a little bit more? He says, you are fine with dead guys. It's the living ones you can't deal with. And she slaps him, and she storms out. Uh, So, God. She slaps him, but she
3: kisses him. And then she grabs the booze and leaves.
4: So it's like one step forward and like a, a step to the side. Almost. It doesn't feel like a step back because like now it feels truly acknowledged. We had the Starbucks sex dream. We had the kiss that really didn't mean anything from the beginning of the season. Right. But I felt something between these two. So screw the D storyline, screw the Anders storyline. This is my OTP. And I'm glad we got some focus on it, even if it was done a bit unceremoniously. Okay,
3: so just to call this out, we usually do this towards the end of the episode, but let's just do it now. Um, Mike, you uh, have extended your prediction uh, that Starbuck and Apollo will frack within 41 episodes of Battlestar Galactica, 28 episodes down. Almost happens Uh. in episode 28. You have... You know, uh, numbers that I can't add in my head right now because I'm podcasting and looking at documents. Uh, but it was like ten plus episodes. How are you feeling? Do you feel like you are still in the hunt?
4: I think so. This was a definitive step in the right direction, where, again, I was losing faith a little bit. I was becoming a bit more agnostic, when again, especially last episode, they're really teasing out this D stuff. Starbuck and the Ander stuff coming out of nowhere this episode made me worried. I am a, I think it's inevitably going to happen. I am a little worried about getting it in through the extended deadline, but I do feel better from an overall perspective that it's going to happen.
3: Okay. Three hours ago, Starbucks wakes up with a terrible hangover, having drank that whole bottle of booze while watching Beano videos.
4: Yeah. So she's like, uh, housing a whole bottle of i think it's ambrosia right that's the name for sure, it yeah. and, and watching all the dash cam footage and so she is just an absolute wreck so it seems like she was supposed to fly lead in the squadron the next day instead it's this guy's snake and uh, no wonder jojo dies because why would you put a snake in a viper the snake yeah. can't fly has to use its tongue but basically, we yada yada through this where like we go to the briefing and Starbuck's like, oh, yeah, by the way, Jojo's dead. Yeah, Have Jojo's day, dead.
3: And Hot Dog's like, what? Uh, what? And Joe so, <laughs> no Dog is no Modog. Dog. Joe Dog. <laughs> I heard Jojo's dead. Uh, so Jojo's dead. Scar shot Jojo, then jumped away before the wingman could get a shot off. And Starbuck is trying to say, like, this is what's, what Scar does. Uh, and Cat comes to Starbuck. Big uh, Jack to John Locke.
4: Where were you? Just tackling Starbuck and beating up on her. She will punch her in the face later on.
3: She was supposed to be JoJo's wingman, and instead it went to Snake. Uh, and so Kat says, if you weren't drinking all night, JoJo would still be here. And so Starbuck clears the room. The
4: class dismissed. Class I'm gonna dismissed. I'm going to go fight the student.
3: They get into it. Uh, you know, Cat tells Starbuck, you're an embarrassment. You were the hottest stick on the fleet, and now you're a reckless drunk who sends other people out to get killed. Uh, I mean,
4: it's it's pretty wild the more you think about it. Is Cat kind of implying that Starbuck has become Colonel Ty? Yeah, uh,
3: like sort of arcing towards that, yes. Yeah,
4: this like miserly drunk who just yells at everybody and makes poor decisions yes. and can't get in the fight himself.
3: Yes, it feels that way. Uh it does. Uh and uh Starbuck, I think, doesn't like that implication. And she tells Kat, Well, like, I'd rather be a drunk than be afraid all the time. You're afraid that you're gonna end up like the picture of Beano's girlfriend.
4: I'm just pripping out these two sentences from the series Bible and putting it in. Yes, Cat, as we all know, you have problems with your legacy and not being remembered that you would be a picture like Riley's girlfriend. And Kat's like you know what? You're right. But thanks for the character development. And then punches her in the face before Lee comes to break up the brew.
3: Yeah. So punches Starbucks in the face. Starbucks projecting a bit, I would say, also. I think. Yeah. Go again, I,
4: I think that idea, that comment that was made before of like, Again, seeing a bit of Starbuck in cat definitely plays out here as well.
3: Yeah, Lee says, Oh, tactical discussion, huh? Must have been a lively one. Uh, you two, you're on patrol together. Uh a bunch you're of gonna, great... you're gonna yeah. take out
4: a couple of raiders at the big spud.
3: Yes, the big spud. Uh he says, Skids up in 49 minutes. <gasps> The numbers in this episode are
4: wild. What an exact number. I guess, like, do they have to do skids up all, every hour on the hour? And so, like, you have to be punctual. I feel like you could be a little late. I'm obsessed with also the nickname, the Big Spud. Mm-hmm. Just the, I love how they could just continually go to the big blank for any mass, whether it be a ship or, I guess, in this case, a giant asteroid. And I guess it looks like a potato, I suppose. In a
3: world where food is becoming increasingly rare, I wouldn't name something after a potato because all I would think about is french fries the whole time.
4: Well, and we got some nuggets flying around too. That's
3: right. That's right. Um, okay, Kat's going to go visit the memorial wall. She puts up the picture of Beano's girlfriend. And is like,
4: and it's like I, I still don't know what her name is. I have no
3: idea what your name is. Mrs. Beano? Starbuck preps the Viper. They launch... And then we see uh, some of the flashbacks and we catch back up to the present day from the beginning of the episode. And now we are in real time. Events occur in real time. Yeah, Uh, so
4: basically Starbuck gets hit by Scar and she says, F it, she's still gonna chase after him. And then it basically builds this climactic chicken fight, right? A la Mission Impossible 2. We have these two vehicles charging one another. And basically the implication is starbucks willing to kamikaze she's willing to go out in a blaze of glory if it means that scar does as well but as she sort of has her uh odd sort of like wonder woman 1984 flying over paris fireworks moment as the lights flash before Is her. sam
3: eyes. Anders, steve
4: trevor oh god uh well we'll see if he dies and comes back to life again and if okay. starbucks talking in a weird indiscriminate accent with very odd uh emphasizing in the syllables but she thinks back to her final words to anders and it sort of takes her out of this reverie of like okay i actually do want to live and she decides to do the right thing she's not gonna be the hero she's gonna pull out and let the wingman take care of it
3: so the wingman takes care of it uh cat is going to get the kill Uh, and Scar is toast. The toaster is toast, and Kat is uproariously celebrating. We go back to the mess hall, and everyone is psyched because Scar is dead. Do you think that Scar should have survived the episode?
4: I mean, who's to say that he doesn't?
3: Resurrection is gone, right? The Resurrection Ship. Blew oh, so up, so right? it's
4: the idea is that Scar was like the last of his line.
3: Yeah, that like he hadn't uh, you know, been killed out after the the Resurrection Ship had been Well, blown. let
4: me throw out. I already know the title of season 3 episode 8. Yeah. Son of Scar.
3: Son of Scar. Yeah.
4: You've <laughs> killed my father. <laughs> Prepared to die. Uh, son of Scar, I think you're too young to be Stop it. <laughs> Don't worry, once I learn how to walk. I'll take, you, I'll take, I'll you, take y'all down. Every last one of you. Uh,
3: Kat has the stein, the beer stein. She's like, my cup runneth dry.
4: I hate that. I yeah, hate and so that. Starbuck is going to pick it up like she's going to bean her in the head yeah, with this she has bottle. A,
3: yeah, she, ha- she holds it like a weapon for sure. She just like beano lines it <laughs> through the room. Uh, and then she just pours it into this cup that she says, your lips would never touch the rim. But they do. And then starbuck the poopiest party happens here right she just takes a dump all over the party as she says this one's for bino jojo bb Crashdown, down bunch of other shit that okay I so, so,
4: so i have the full list here. all right great great we've got bb jojo riley bino dipper Oh, so Riley and Beano are different people. Wait, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Or maybe yeah. she maybe she worked herself back up, like Riley, also known as Beano. As- <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know what? We probably got it wrong, but let's canonize this
4: as that is what happens here. Uh, Dipper, Flat Top, which, as we remember, was the one that unfortunately got taken out with like the errant missile. Chuckles, Jolly, crashed out, which like. God, Crashdown's getting a lot of respect posthumously considering what actually went down on uh, on Kobol. Shepard, the Specialist, Dash, Flyboy, Stepchild, Puppet, and Fireball. I, I mean, listen. Did
3: Fireball get their name after the fact?
4: Yeah, like, oh, well, we didn't know what to name them kind of went out in a fireball right i'm kind of obsessed with who puppet is
3: yeah who's puppet
4: like is puppet do you think puppet walked around with like a ventriloquism dummy the entire time
3: yes scarface
4: yeah well uh okay you're gonna have to give this mission you can't give it to me but you could give it to me
3: jolly you know uh so we got like all of this like sort of like sketching uh, you know of, of the past and she doesn't remember anybody else. And so Lee like very gracefully just like steps up. is like, yeah, all of them.
4: <laughs> I was going to say like, them. otherwise if that's the full list of the pilots that have died since the Cylons attacked the colonies, good on them. They're actually one of the most like uh, reduced turnover departments in the entire fleet, but no Lee just kind of covers like, et cetera. And I think we all know the rest.
3: Yeah uh so like, and then it's the yeah, yeah, also I, there
4: to be like oh uh, yeah so say we all i said get her before.
3: off stage yeah let just do a quick so say we all let's keep it going and so the episode is going to end with starbuck and Hilo and starbuck saying i could have taken out scar i just need to get a little closer but then i would have died and a couple of months ago i would have gone for the glory uh but now i'm thinking about other stuff i can't get sam out of my head i hope he's alive and, and Hilo's Hilo, like who yeah he was like i have no idea Yeah, Hilo, of all people, has (laughs) no idea who Sam is, Mike.
4: I I think so. Yeah,
3: no idea. Uh, And he says, well, now you've got something to live for, not just to die for. And the episode ends is sort of like this little cute scene of them boxing.
4: Yeah, we need the freeze frame and like the credits to scroll past. Definitely a better ending than last week, that's for sure.
3: Yes. Uh, So that is Scar. Let's do some MVPs and LVPs here quickly, Mike. Uh, you've got three MVPs. I've got two. I've got three LVPS. You've got two. Uh, wow, look at you. I'm, I'm I have the spoilers here. You're gonna double tap cat.
4: I got a double tap cat here because we are gonna double tap another character. And like again, this came out of absolutely nowhere. But this is a really good episode for cat. Uh, I will give her one point for obviously being the killing blow on Scar. This like merciless Merc with not a mouth that no pilot can seemingly take care of. Now I'm going to give her another point, because honestly, a lot of the grievances she has to air with her superior officer are very well-founded. Starbuck is a complete mess in this episode, and I think Kat's the one that's trying to keep everything in gear by being like, uh, no, that's not the battle plan. Hey, maybe you shouldn't have told that pilot, whatever you do, do not run away from this merciless killer. I think that Kat is this voice of reason in the episode. And I guess she even has her own little mini arc, I suppose, even though, again, it came absolutely by surprise of like, she wants to be remembered and maybe we'll get a closure for that sooner rather than later, but drink up cat. You absolutely deserve it. This episode. She does
3: well in this episode. So two points to cat uh, may as well give the other
4: double tap. Carl Agasson. I'm giving one to Carl. And so are you. Yeah. Again, I think this is my symbol of the divided line. Hilo is no more all hail. All hail, Carl Agathon, the guy who can just pitch in and say the right thing to his buddy Starbuck to keep her going.
3: And my final point is going to go to Baby Boomer. I really love Sharon in that scene with Starbuck. I think it's a really great performance from Grace Park. Uh, mm-hmm. And I just love like the further characterization of her so far. So, yeah. And uh,
4: not to mention, she gives very valuable advice as she usually does about the Cylon Raiders.
3: That's right. Uh, as for the LVPs, Mike, JoJo, Beano, BB, that's all I could fit with mine.
4: Yeah, and we also don't know if Bino also represents Riley or not. (laughs) Right, we're going to say yes.
3: Because Bino and Riley is all one person.
4: Yeah, we see them, although I guess we don't see Bino. Bino's just talked about.
3: Yeah, they're dead. It doesn't matter. Bino's implied. But yes, we'll
4: nail them to the memorial wall. I will go, I guess I'll go with someone who technically dies. Uh, I will give one to... So let's get ticky-tack here, Josh. I did Scar slash the Cylons. Would you prefer a specific entry for Scar, the character, or would you rather have this be another L for the Cylons? I think,
3: let's give it to Scar. Let's individualize Scar.
4: All right. So Scar, you got the episode titled after you, and again, an LVP point for the occasion. And the last point I'm going to give out, unfortunately, is going to be the person that nearly flew her ship straight into Scar. It is not a good episode for Starbuck
3: yeah yeah
4: like i'm glad we get more introspection into her as rushed as it may be but the fact of the matter is she is not a good superior officer in this episode she's giving the nuggets bad advice she doesn't know the flight plan she misses the time that she's actually supposed to fly out and do her job because she's so drunk she approaches lee Nearly does him and then reproaches him when he like falters for a second. Look, is it an interesting episode to watch for her? Totally. And I'm glad I'm always glad we get introspection into this character. At the same time, it is certainly not the most positive we have seen her after she has shown herself to be pretty much capable for the entirety of season two. This is a real spooching the landing for her.
3: I think that I think that's totally fair. I do think that we spooched the landing a little bit with Starbucks in this episode. So currently, um we had had her Adama and Baby Boomer at the top in a three-way tie, but it's broken right now. Baby Boomer, Queen of the Ring right now with 8 points. Uh Bill Adama 7 and Starbucks now is down to 6.
4: Yeah, Bill Adama, so got- quite an episode for him as well. I think sort of the quote-unquote grown-ups of the fleet get the week off. Uh, those that have sort of been around the round table in important roles for the past few episodes. While Starbuck and Lee have gotten episodes dedicated to them in the past two weeks. I think the bad news is that they weren't the strongest outings, but I'm ready to move onward and upward.
3: All right, well, onward and upward for the fleet, I think we could say, uh, decisively wins the week. Yes. Uh, I think this one going to the fleet... Uh, makes a lot of sense to me i would have a hard time imagining why it would go to uh, the cylons other than scar like was very good at killing a bunch of pilots but then scar died and so the star pilot for the cylons is gone
4: i honestly think scar is worth like 10 pilots in terms of his skill level so i think it nets out to a win for the fleet overall
3: Okay, rating the episode. If you want to send your ratings on a scale from zero to 4.2, email them in sauldrillman at gmail.com or the various other ways that you can get us your info at roundhoward at a Mike Bloom type. The team behind the curtain is tabulating. Um, Mike, this might be like we kind of made fun of this episode a bit, but like I had fun with it. I didn't mind the episode really, I didn't love the episode. Like, I think it is definitely a lower ranked episode of BSG for me, for sure. Um, But, like, it's not the one that Black Market was. It's not even the 2.8 that the farm was. So I will keep it in the threes, and I will give it a flat three for Scar. I think, like, some of the characterization could have been better. I think the premise is kind of fun. Uh, Like, this idea of, like, this lone raider that is so traumatized and is, like, so cunning and has learned so much, I think is, like, a really cool idea. I don't think they do it as well as they could have, I think that the idea and the effort that's put in is at least a market improvement from last week.
4: I mean, that's not saying much, but yeah, absolutely. I've compared this episode a lot to Active Contrition. I think it only appropriate that I give it the same score I gave that episode, which is a 3.2. Uh, I think I like it more than certainly The Farm. Even episodes like Time Me Up, Tie Me Down, I think this is more successful in what it's doing. But I still think it's a little less successful than something like Home Part 1, which, while definitely felt like it was lingering, felt like more of a solid episode in its setup. I think actually watching the episode was a pretty entertaining experience. Again, this sort of white whale thing that that, uh, Starbuck is bringing up, the idea of memorializing all these pilots, and the fact that we do kind of just talk about them and then forget about them the very next week, and finally having our characters sit down and be like, yeah, that's pretty fracked up. And then having Starbuck reconcile with the fact that she did leave someone behind that she apparently cares about. I just think for me, the more you widen the lens on this episode in the greater scheme of BSG, the less successful it is. Mm -hmm. You know, having to rely on this idea of, okay, I guess Starbuck really, really cares for Anders, the man that we've only known for an episode and change and met like 10 weeks ago at this point in the podcast oh, I guess Kat uh, has an issue where she has trouble uh, not being remembered, and so that allowed her to abuse Stims to the point that now she's actively pushing against Starbuck. Like, they did a lot of character hurry-up to manufacture a plot here, and while the plot was interesting enough, and I feel like, those parallels between Starbuck and Kat were were fun in the moment. I think the more you kind of place it in sequence with the rest of it, it, it starts to confuse me a bit.
3: Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Uh, I don't think that this is like a deeply, widely loved episode of the show. I don't know if it's like a loathed episode of the show or anything, but I do yeah. think that it's sort of like, it, you know, if it's, you know, it's like this, it's this like mid-pack episode. It's like, okay, well, we're building towards stuff, but we have too many episodes, so you get Scar. Uh but like I would rather have scar than not have scar. I would not I would rather not have black market. That's yeah. a really big difference. Yeah, there's uh, a difference
4: between like having an actively detrimental episode yes. to, of the show and having one that again is a bit of a nothing burger in the grand scheme of things but in the moment you're like, "Oh, there's some stuff here." Yeah, exactly.
3: Um
4: all right, Mike Deleted scenes from SCAR. You watched these? Can you report back? Well, do we want to start with that, or should we do our own one week ago? Uh, Because evidently it got brought up to us that there were also deleted scenes from Black Market. Uh Aha, okay, yeah. I would like to know a little more about that. Just a few things, because I also thought when I heard about this, like, good God, there were scenes that they felt were not good in Black Market. There really isn't much. uh, There is... The fact that Siobhan at one point gives Lee a locket that used to belong to her father with her picture in it. We do get actually a pretty pivotal D and Lee scene where D is like, oh, uh, I heard that when you came back from your spacewalk, you said that you wish you hadn't come back. And Lee's like, oh, that was just delirium. I'm totally fine. But D is actually very vulnerable in the moment and admits like, listen, I kind of feel that way too. Definitely that survivor's guilt of feeling like she should have been on Caprica instead of surviving the attack. And Lee then intensely tells her, Never say that again. Wow! But I think the biggest canonical thing we find out, Josh, is I had mentioned last week, like, who the hell is going to be in charge of the Pegasus now that Fisk was killed off? We get an answer in a deleted scene. It's a man named Renner. Uh, and so <laughs> okay. it looks like, uh, what's the name of the guy who plays Toby on the West Wing? Oh, Richard uh, Schiff?
3: yeah, Richard Schiff. Yeah,
4: he kind of looks like a more uh, surly version of Richard Schiff. Cool guy with like, He's bald uh, with, like, the hair on both sides. He has a mustache. And so Lee comes in asking for the security reports and logs, and Renner is just coming at him out of 10 from the beginning. Okay. Basically arguing what Lee argued to Adama, which is like, yeah, I'm pretty pissed that they sent a guy from the Big G to look into a murder on my ship. He literally says, Josh, listen to me, you little punk. Uh And then (laughs) at one point, like, he gets in Lee's face, Lee puts him in, like, a hold and holds him down onto the war table and is basically like, yeah, this is not how this is going to go. You're going to give me this information and that's it. And Renner's like, fine. So I don't know if we'll see this guy again, but that is the answer to the question of who is running things now on the Pegasus. Okay.
3: Renner. Uh, Well, let's see. Let's see if we we find out who, who Renner is moving forward.
4: Well, let's move forward to Scar, because there is uh, some, some good stuff in Scar here. So we find out a bit about, again, how raucous these pilots can be. There's a scene where, like, Duck is, I think, talking to JoJo or BB. And it's like, oh, that's a nice watch you got. You probably will want it for the auction. And he's like, what auction? And we cut to, again, this cafeteria commissary, which seems to be the main setting of the episode, and Lee is auctioning off a nudie magazine.
3: I can't believe that they cut the auction out of Battlestar Galactica.
4: I know. Uh, bring back said, the auction. They said they were going to bring it back. But actually, there was a twist that whoever left with the most money uh, ended up losing out on their life. They got killed by Scar automatically. But so Lee has a magazine. Josh, I cannot believe what this magazine is named. What is the magazine named? Nymph. <laughs> it's named spooch it's made spooched it's named nymph, nymph. and so he's holding it up where there's like this salacious picture on the cover of a woman in a bikini and all the guys are like, "Rag, oh, give me 10 give me 20 <laughs> i want nymph nymph me lee
3: <laughs> wow
4: so yeah, real sausage fest going Yay. on. A couple of ex- I'm glad actually now the episode focused on Starbuck and Cat, like two of the rare women. Sure. In pack of boys. Yeah.
3: Wow. Okay. Nymph. 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 I don't remember Nymph playing a major role
4: Thank in God. the
3: future of the show, but maybe I'm forgetting something. Do you possible. think there could be
4: like a Shelley Godfrey moment where they're like leafing through Nymph and they see number six <laughs> as like yeah. a go-shit? The, oh, the, the swimsuit issue. Yeah.
3: Oh, man. I've been nymphing to a Cylon this whole
4: time. (laughs) Exactly. See, Hilo's like, see, it's hard, isn't it? Frack. Yeah. So we get a bit of an extension that I mentioned before on, uh, the whole like Lee and Starbuck drinking session where Starbuck, they talk about again, like I don't do bright, shiny futures and Starbuck openly laughs at like, yeah, imagine you being married, having a kid and a porch swing. And Lee's like, Actually, I kind of wanted that at one point. Uh, oh, I, by the way, we also find out the name of the mysterious woman from Lee's flashback mm-hmm. last episode. It is Ian. Okay. E- I, I, there's no phonetic spelling for it, but it's pronounced Ian. And Lee's like, ah, no one can pronounce her name, not even mine. I wonder if she really loved me. So he's thinking about Ian. He's thinking about Siobhan and Cut as a
3: deleted scene from scar where lee is sitting alone and he says
4: ian that's that, that's Scarflet's it <laughs> no that she left me for freaking Bino. Bino, Bino, is that their ship name B-N. But, ba- yeah. but yeah, but basically, Lee says like, yep, you know, it's something I wanted once, but it's not going to happen anymore, which I think better informs again, Starbuck doing this like live in the now moment that leads to them nearly fracking. And then we get to a scene that I would assume would be the end of the episode, which is Starbuck praying and recommitting herself to coming back for Anders.
3: OK, all right. Well, what do you think is going to happen with all of that?
4: Uh... Do we do this whole episode just to like
3: bring Sam back to not bring him back or what no, we
4: we gotta do it the question is when I mean we split the fleet up our characters up at the end of season one I think there's a sizable chance we do the same thing in season two like we did on lost as well of like well we have a uh, Michael's people going out into the jungle we have the people in the hatch we have people above ground on the beach we could see something here where it's like Starbuck leads a squadron back to Caprica where there's a big twist where then they're taking care of something else with the flea then maybe something else is happening on another planet I very much expect that to be the case with the season two finale so I think this was a bit of a setup where there wasn't so much of a gap between Anders first appearance and assumingly his last one.
3: All right, no extended, uh, no no visible fleet jumps in this episode. We get 19 fracks added to the <laughs> frack counter, uh, 13 of which come from Starbuck.
4: Yeah, uh, I mean it makes sense considering that a lot of it is just like flying, uh, swearing when you miss your shots. Nobody has eyes. nobody has
3: fracked more than Starbuck on this show, and she is like at this point really running away with it. Uh, Twenty-seven to ties eleven this season, and forty-eight to leave wow! sixteen career fracks.
4: The only the other forty-eight fracks.
3: Yeah, lots of fracking going on. Oh, I will here. say,
4: actually, a lot of Annalucia vibes. I feel like from a Starbucks. As well, I know I said that about Admiral Kane, but I feel like I kind of got that here as well. Of like the broken woman with a, a trigger happy mentality and who likes to work alone.
3: Sure. All right, Mike. Um, next week, sacrifice. What's going to happen?
4: Oh, I hope there's not another Cylon Raider named Sacrifice. Uh huh. I'm gonna keep manifesting this because I want a Chief Tyrell episode. And maybe I'm painting it because he did say at a certain point when he was with Carl Agathon of like, I'm going to leave this behind that maybe there was an element of sacrifice to it. And then I'll add maybe there's also a tie in where they have to abandon one of the ships in with the Cylons pursuing them. And so as a result, they have to deal with a different sacrifice.
3: Okay. All right. Well, we will find out uh, when we continue to podcast about Battlestar Galactica. No sacrifices required on our part to continue bringing you that hot BSG
4: content, Mike. No spooch in here.
3: No spooch in the landing here. Make sure you're subscribed down the hatch, Battlestar Galactica, wherever you could find us. You want to send in feedback. SaulDrillman at gmail.com is our new email address. That's Drillman at gmail.com. Huge shouts to the team behind the curtain and Operation Mattingly, including Riley, a.k.a. Bino uh, for sending everything through the pneumatic tubes into our podcasting hands. Mike Bloom, This week, Survivor Returns. You are
4: all up in it. All up in it. Yes, it is coming back hot and heavy. A big two-hour premiere happening this Wednesday, February 28th. Uh, The first 12 minutes of the premiere are out now. And if it's any indication, this is going to be a very weird, interesting season with a very weird, interesting group. So I'm super excited. It's probably a little too late at this point to check out all the preseason stuff I had, considering I did, like, 18 20 to 30 minute interviews that are up on parade.com and on RHAP. But if you want to check it out, of course, greatly appreciated right after the premiere airs. I'll have an interview that I did with Jeff Propes on the island immediately following that first travel council. I'll be doing weekly BNBs as well as exit press. So plenty happening over there. I'll be covering Amazing Race as well. That cast just released this week, too. So I'm all in on reality TV right now. We just finished up coverage of True Detective Night Country. Versus edition. And as we are moving into the month of March, this of course marks the final descent of post-show recap. We Bringing are coming into- in for landing. Are we going to spooch the landing on post-show recaps? I certainly hope not because Grace <laughs> Leader and I have a couple of things planned. Namely every week in the month of March, we are going to be doing a top 10 list. That's the final countdown here. We have top 10 uh, listener lists for episodes of TV, movies tv characters and ultimately tv shows in the past 10 years since psr became a thing as a way to memorialize not only this network that has brought us so much over the past decade but also looking back at like the tv that has kind of come and gone so if you're a patron post show recaps you should have gotten the links to the survey please fill those out let your voice be heard and grace and i will keep counting those down every i think it's going to be tuesday or Wednesday. actually wednesdays i believe every wednesday in march
3: so one final celebration of the past 10 years of TV coming your way from Mike and Grace and some other goodbyes along the way as well down the hatch is not saying goodbye, down the hatch is saying frack, we're gonna keep going here as we continue talking about BSG season 2 here on DTH Sacrifice coming your way, until then everybody take care bye bye the human
1: race is about to be wiped out we have fifty
4: thousand people left, and that's it.
1: So say we all. So say we all. So all. So all. So all. Get <laughs> down. <laughs>